Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ron, if, if the team were in 4-10 and 10 and you were competing for a playoffs, would this be the same scenario? Would you continue forward with Sam? Or is this about developing him versus turning to, to Jacoby? Well, if, if this was about if this was about playoffs and and you know we're right in the middle of it and and stuff like that, 
That's something you have to most certainly consider. You know, are are we? Do we still have that opportunity to continue to win? You know, and that's that's one of the things you always consider because again, you want to make sure everybody's getting the opportunity to be successful. The voice on that question to Ron Rivera was the voice of Nikki Jabala from the Washington Post. Nikki joins us right now, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline. Uh, that was such a good question, and like I said at the beginning of the show. Like that's one of those that Ron should not answer, but I think we've gotten used to when he shouldn't answer a question and he does. It's like I've gotten to the point, and I don't know where you've gotten. I know he's telling the truth when he answers one that he shouldn't answer. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I mean, aside from like totally fumbling the question and you know no, you rambling, um, <laughs> but I yeah, I was totally surprised he answered. I thought he would either just say, no, Sam's our guy, which is what he's been saying throughout. Or he would say, I'm not answering a hypothetical or whatever. Um, But he didn't. And I thought it was very significant that he did not say that Sam is still clearly our guy and would have been our guy in that scenario. Um, I I mean, given that he, I mean, I I thought the whole press conference was significant, frankly. Um, You know, he doesn't give the straightforward answers. That's never been, that's never who he's been. Um, So you kind of have to read between the lines and and figure out what he didn't say along with what he did say. Um, And last, after the game, he said they pulled him, they pulled Sam to protect him. I, that, that was not indicated in his Monday presser. It was all about performance. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was a very interesting answer. Yeah. I mean, that game went from ho-hum typical, you know, recent blowout to, I think, yes, because this whole season in many ways has been about Sam Howell's development and in just over an hour, uh, and then a couple of questions afterwards, and then a couple of questions the next day, he put in the minds of everybody watching that Sam may not be the guy. I, by the way, I think right. many reasonable people have said all season long, who knows, let's just continue to watch, we'll make the decision when we get to the end. Right. Those that have been convinced, uh, it, it those chances took a blow over the last 36 hours. Agree or disagree? Right. No, I agree. Um, but I, I I think this has been sort of the, the issue with the whole Sam Howell narrative all along is everybody wants to take it in single-week increments, and that's just not how, that's not how anybody progresses in anything in life, frankly. It's all about trends. Um, so I, I think you got to look at, kind of the totality of his season, but also put it into context. You know, I, I think he's a quarterback that has a lot of great qualities that you can't just find with anybody, you know, the the mobility, the arm. I think he's shown improvement with his decision-making, working through his progressions. I, he works hard, clearly. I think he's a smart quarterback. Um, but there are still some shortcomings, and you have to account for that. And there are still some things he's carried over from college that you have to account for. Um, you also have to put it into the context of the season and the personnel around him. Um, does he have the resources he needs to actually be good, and therefore can you gauge him properly as you would any other player? Um, so I think you have to factor all that in, but I do think, yeah, over these last you know five games or whatever, as the offense has kind of fallen apart, his game has not been as 
good as maybe it was when, you know, he had his really strong performances, like against Philly in those games. Um, so, yeah, I think you're I think you're starting to see more of the shortcomings, but you also have to put it into context of, you know, look where the team's at. The, the team as a whole is falling apart, too, so you can't put it solely on Sam. But, you know, these are things you have to weigh in the future. Yeah, nobody there is going to have to weigh those things. It'll be a new regime. We'll get to that uh, shortly. Nikki Javala is joining us, at Nikki Javala, J-H-A-B-V-A-L-A on Twitter. So I just took calls on the following question because you said it and I agree with you. I think in thinking about what happened Sunday, it's actually very kind of interesting, and, and it turned interesting. And in a season in which they've talked about development, they've talked about leaving him in there so he can learn, so he can work through right. it, etc. They yanked him with seven and a half minutes to go. This was not a game in which he was physically being battered. He, he had only been exactly. sacked once, and he hadn't really been hit a ton. Uh, there were much worse games uh, when it exactly. came to that. So why do you think they pulled him? Performance. I don't think they wanted to say it post-game. I think they want to... And I think there's a part of that that's, you know, there's some, you know, I think it's it's smart to be cognizant of you don't want to wreck the kid's confidence in saying certain things publicly, but you did just pull him, you know, you did just bench him publicly um, to say that you're trying to protect him, you know, for all the reasons that you just said, he only had one sack. He was not getting pummeled back there. If you're going to leave him in, you know, when he is getting, you know, five sacks and throwing four picks a game, then you got to leave them in here. If it's truly about development, if it's not, um, that's when you pull them. And if it's not, that means it's more about performance. Um, because it's, it's Cumulative or just in that game? Like, I think there was a level of frustration that had been building and they had just finally yeah, kind of had agree. it. I agree. I agree. I think you're seeing some of the same issues game after game. And it's, you know, you, you got to, be cognizant of the rest of the team at that point, you know, they got to win too. Um, you know, the playoffs, they're not officially eliminated yet, which is incredible. Really. When you think about it, no, they are. Um, are they officially, officially? I don't think they've officially they're, been eliminated. Yeah. They're officially eliminated. They were officially eliminated with the loss. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I sound like Ron from last year. Unless the animals um, got it wrong. Uh, because the NFL and their communications set out all the teams that were officially okay. eliminated mathematically. Yeah. Okay. I used to be able to. I used to be interested in doing that on my own. Not as much anymore. But yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, once you hit four ten, sure, either way, it doesn't matter either way. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter. It, but your answer would then beg the question: Well, then why is he going to start on Sunday against the Jets? Well, it, it, I mean, this is this is where confusion comes up <laughs> right. with with Ron Rivera's tenure. You say it's about protecting him. But then the next day you indicate that it's more about performance and then you start him again. So is it about development or is it performance or protecting him? Like wh- where, which is it, you know? Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I think you do, you can't, I shouldn't say you can't, you can do anything. Um, I agree with their decision to say he's still the starter. Give him another chance. It's, it, it's only been, he hasn't had a full season yet. Give the kid a chance, really. But, you know, if you're going to bench him then, what do you think is going to happen in New York? You know, it's not like they're facing a tremendous Jets team, but, you know. A tremendous yeah. Jet defense, actually. Um, that's well, yeah, that's true. They do have a good defense. So, Nikki, but, what do you think specifically 
are the things that are frustrating them about him and his performance? Um, I think missing some, I mean, I know this is one of Ron's cliches, the missed opportunities. He's been saying that for years, but I think if you go back and watch the film, there are some really big missed opportunities, um, to get, you know, big plays to get potential touchdowns. I think not seeing the whole field there, um, I think just the consistency, um, and that's a product too of the offense as a whole, um, I'd say protection still. I mean, he's gotten better with it, but there are still instances where he's got to be aware of, you know, a blitzer off the edge or something, and he's he still gets creamed on a lot of these plays. Um, I think he's had an interception in, what, four consecutive games? Um, you know, little things, silly things that he, he knows he shouldn't be doing, like trying to throw the ball out of bounds and, oh, crap, it's intercepted in the end zone, like things like that. Um Things that I guess most people would attribute to to his relative minimal experience. Um, but, you know, at this point, even though he hasn't had a full season, you, you got to start to eliminate those. Um, as you've seen more, as you've experienced more, you got to start to eliminate those, and you just see some of the persistent mistakes. I mean, I say all this, so the defense has been, you know, the biggest, the, the weakest link on the whole team, but just talking specifically about Sam. Yeah. Talking to Nikki Javala. So let's wrap it up on Sam with this. You know, things kind of changed in terms of the outside watching this. What are, what, what's everybody left to believe now about Sam's future? Yeah, I think it's, it's still the same as it was six years, six, not six years, six weeks ago, honestly, you know, there's still potential there. Um, but I don't think anything is guaranteed. Nothing was guaranteed then, you know, that he'd be the starter, especially with the team likely having a top five pick. I don't think any quarterback's job is guaranteed with that. Um, you know, whether the new regime decides to take a quarterback there or even try to move up and get a quarterback higher, that's, we don't know that yet. I don't, they don't know that yet. Um, so I think it's, it's still as it ever was, that he has potential. He's kind of that maybe. He could be a good player. He's probably at worst a, a good backup, which is more than most teams have. So I think that's a win for Washington. Um, but what he can ultimately be, we don't know that yet. I, and I don't think we will know that until, like, he has a – and the line hasn't been terrible over the last five games, so I can't put it solely on them. But until he has, you know, enough resources to succeed, I don't know that we'll fully know what he can be. You know, it's it's funny what you said because Ron, before the season, in talking about you know how he would be vindicated if he left um if he left a contending team with all the players he signed and the quarterback, maybe ultimately what he left everybody with was a really good backup NFL quarterback. Nothing wrong with that in the fifth round, but that would be a big letdown for a lot of people. Right. Even if you didn't have any sort of sense of what went on here the last you know uh, twelve months. You'd say, wow, they got a pretty solid backup quarterback with a fifth-round pick. Not bad. Good job, Ron. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so but everybody knows in Washington hearing, the backup can instantly become a starter. Of course, Well, look, the, the bottom line is we've seen enough from Sam to know that there are quarterbacks that are much worse that have started games yeah. for teams this year. Exactly. Much worse. 
Um, we're talking to Nikki Jimvala. So, um, actually, I was going to ask you about ownership, but real quickly on the team itself. So, do you think it was just the fact that Cam Cheeseman was drafted that they stuck with him as long as they did? Maybe. I mean, look, the guy had two flawless seasons. You know, you yes. don't, you never hear about a long snapper until he's screwing up, right? You never heard about Cameron Cheeseman unless he was on Tressway's videos or something, right? Like he was everything you'd want in a long snapper for those first two years. And then something changed in training camp when he started having those mistakes. I think maybe his draft status played a part. They did trade up to get him. Um, But also, you know, it's not like there are just a ton of great players sitting out there unsigned, you know. Um, So you've got to be sure that what you do sign is truly, truly better than what you have. And, yeah, you can, it's easy to say, oh, well, he's making a mistake, so, yeah, anybody off the street would be better. But that's not always the case. Um, and I, I, I think at this point they had to make a change in part. I mean, large, you, can't put, you can't put one of your best players at risk. You just can't do that. Um, and Tressway is undoubtedly one of their very best players. You can't, you can't risk injury there and, and cost the team points. Um, so I don't I'm, I I don't mind them sticking with him for as long as they did. I'm surprised that they weren't able to help him correct the issues. I'm surprised that they persisted as long as they did. Speaking of persisted, as long as it's persisted, uh, it, which uh, how is it that each week of this season, even with a defensive coordinator change and the idea of simplifying things so that the communication wasn't as complex, I guess. How can they continue week in and week out to give up the chunk plays that they've given up all season long? It's mind-numbing, isn't it? It's like you watch this over and over and you get to a point where you just want to throw your computer against the wall. At least that's how I feel as I'm writing games to start just watching it. It's just unbelievable. It's at least one or two a game where it's a completely blown coverage. Somebody's not in the right spot. And it's a 40, 50, 60-yard touchdown. It's unbelievable. And then you have all the explosive plays in between where, you know, a a short pass turns into a 15-yard gain. Um, But, yeah, like the the Cooper Cup 62-yarder, it's just how does that keep happening? And I – you know, I don't want to blame any one person or any one group, but you've got to think it's a mix of players are not – studying as hard as they need to players are not executed they're not paying attention to the details coaches are not developing them they're not teaching them it's got to be a, a, a mix um I, I just don't know how else you can explain this at this point it's it, i don't think in timing because that was not an off schedule throw to cooper cup i don't think no. i've watching football all season long in a normal in timing play somebody be that wide open you know, off schedule, you know, extending the play, yeah, you see, you know, eventually coverage will break down, somebody gets behind somebody. In the normal rhythm of the play, there was nobody within 20 yards of him when he caught, caught the football. Yeah, and, I believe the next-gen stat said 17 yards of separation from the Was it 17? Yeah. yeah, it felt like 20, sorry. Uh, yeah. Three yards off. What about <laughs> Forbes? Six snaps yeah. on Sunday. There, 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 there's no effort to, to seemingly develop this young player. What's going on there? Yeah, I, I, you know, Ron said it was based on matchup, but you can't. No, that's a that's a first round corner. You know, there is. You draft a player that high. You draft a, a corner that high. 
he is in the game for every single snap on defense. That's that's why you draft somebody there. Um, that he didn't play only six snaps. One, it could still be injury related, dealing with the elbow. But I I think you know perhaps more likely it's again performance. You know he hasn't he's had a tough year. Um, you know getting burned early, getting ejected, coming back, getting hurt like. It has not been what anybody expected, including himself, you know, this, this season. I, I, I think the secondary as a whole has been the biggest surprise slash disappointment to me. I thought, I thought they were a pretty good unit last year, and with their additions in the offseason, I thought they could be deeper, younger, more versatile, and they've been anything but. I mean, they're just – I feel like Cam Curls had a down year, Um Still a very fine player. Don't get me wrong, but I, you know he's that sixty-two yarder. I mean, he was directly involved in that, and I, I don't want to assign blame because I don't know the call. Um, we talked to Benjamin St. Juice afterwards. He said it was just miscommunication. You're supposed to switch on, you know, just on who you're supposed to cover, and it was him and Cam Curl um, that hung low, and Percy Butler had moved inside as a deep post safety. But um, yeah, I, I just think they're not on the same page at all. And is that a product of teaching? Is that a product of learning? Guessing both. You know, in mentioning the secondary, and I agree with you, it's certainly near the top of the list if it's not at the top of the list. But at the end of last year, and I and I forget what your position was or your opinion was, but one of my biggest takeaways from the season was I was pleasantly surprised with the roster they had. You know, we knew that there were offensive line issues, maybe linebacker issues, and certainly the quarterback was a big question mark, but that the roster looked strong in more areas than it it had looked in years. And Mm -hmm. are less than a year later, and it looks like a complete rebuild now. Uh, The explanation for that, there's really two. The coaches didn't get the most out of good players, or the players actually aren't nearly as good as we think, or it's a blend of the two. What's your answer? Yeah, probably a blend of the two. Um, you know, I think, listen, I think July is the happiest time of the year for every team. Everybody thinks their team could contend for the Super Bowl at that point. Like, every draft pick is the savior for that team. You know how it is. Every yeah. freaking year. Um, so, Emmanuel Forbes, all the talk was, you know, they led – Led the NCAA and pick sixes. You know he's a ball hawk. We're going to get takeaways. He's, you know, he's going to add to the defense. They got another versatile, you know, nickel and Quan Martin. Um, See, so yeah, I, I think it's another one where, yeah, a lot of these guys look great on paper and look great in theory. Um, everything changes when the action is live, though, and when these guys have to transition to the pace of the pro game and the level of talent at the pro level. Um, and I, I think we're starting to see a lot of, you know, the, the shortcomings with the personnel. I mean, they have a lot of talent, but their receivers are basically all the same. You know, they don't, they don't have that bigger body cam Sims type like they did in the past, which I think is helpful to kind of mix it up. Um, their tight ends haven't been nearly as relevant as, Many would have liked. I'm, I'm assuming um, blocking has been an issue from that group too. Um, the run game. I mean, after that whole 
two to one nonsense about the run game in January. <laughs> um, it's been non-existent, but yeah. I didn't say non-existent. It's been very effective when used, but they don't use it that yeah. much. Um, and the, you know, the linebackers. I think that the linebackers, based on the assumption that oh, Jamin Davis, maybe he can improve a bit. Cody Barton, you know, we'll see what he is. There's some unknown there and hope there. Defensive line, at that point, you still had Montez and Chase on the edge, and, and Chase was looking better than he than he had before, certainly, since coming back from the injury. Um, and the secondary, it, it looked deeper on paper. So, yeah, it was all in it, kind of an in theory, and then once it all, you know, you put it on the field, and it's just like, yikes. You know, I was I was thinking the other day, like at the end of every season, every team, you know, announces an offensive MVP, a defensive MB, MVP, a special teams MVP. Like it's going to be so hard. Brian Robinson Jr. may be the only player you can point to and say, you know, he was pretty good for pretty much every game that he was in for the most yeah. part. I mean, maybe Curtis Samuel. Am I missing anybody? Like who's going to be the defensive MVP? That's what's sad is like, and John Kime and I have this conversation pretty much every game because he has to, you know, select who's up, who's down, and it's always a struggle to select who's up. You know, there are a lot yeah. of like, um, you know, I, th- I think Brian Robinson deserves probably more credit than he'll get for this season. You know, he didn't touch the ball that much, but he was very effective when he did. I thought the way he adapted to EB's offense was shows a lot about who he is as a player too, because that takes commitment. He did kind of transform his game. He wasn't he could always catch the ball, but he wasn't known as that, and he he adapted to the scheme. There were occasional moments where blocking was amiss, but that was a you know that was the case for the running backs, the tight ends, everybody really. Um, yeah, I think Curtis has probably had the best year among the receivers. Jahan has had a down year. I thought he would have a breakout year. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree so, with you. I think it's kind July, of... July, it was all about, oh, quarterback with an arm and Eric yeah. offense, Jahan Dotson's going to blow yeah. up. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were kind of the dark thing, horse. You know, you know, the quarterback like, with the zone matching, six pick sixes. Right. Look out. Here we come. Um, right. All right, so let me wrap it up with this, because obviously it's about what's next, not about what's now. So what direction, like the the structure, do you think that Josh Harris will go in? Do you think it'll be GM, GM hires coach? Do you think there's a, a, a spot above a GM that might get hired, a team president that's a football guy that hires the GM and then the coach. Yeah. What are you? What are you hearing? What is your hunch as far as the direction they'll go in, in forming the new football structure? My hunch at this point is GM coach. As far as team president and kind of that role there, I think it's possible. And I know you had that report that you know Marty Herney has has kind of has Josh Harris's ear a bit. Um, and I get that. I think that's kind of his job right now. How long he'll that'll last, we'll see. I don't. I think this is going to be a m- massive rebuild from the top down. Um, now, how much they do immediately is what I'm still trying to figure out. Like, will they focus this off season on rebuilding the football operations, GM, coach, everything that comes with it? Will they do personnel after the draft, which many teams do since you've done the legwork going into the draft, and it's kind of it can be more difficult to restart that um, in time for April. 
And then do they focus on the business operations maybe next year, maybe get through another year of that, do what they can to add improvements to the stadium, um, continue to build up sales, and kind of redo that whole operations so you don't implode everything at once. I think that's a possibility, but we'll see. Um, But at this point, I'm expecting GM and coach. I think it's still early, and a lot of that could depend on the candidates that are available at certain points. Right. Yeah, and with respect to Herney, uh, just uh, for those listening, I know some people have, have heard it. What I said was he's got Josh Harris's ear inside that building more than anybody else does, but mm-hmm. in no way d- do I think actually Marty Herney will be a right. big part of the new regime. Um, right. I-, I think that that's... And I'm with you on that, yeah. Yeah, yeah completely changed. Um, that, that's interesting, by the way, the last thing that you said is that maybe on the business side, they'll wait for a year. Uh, you know, that that's the one area in which this year they can probably point to and say, we made some progress, but of exactly. course, all because Dan's gone. I mean, that was part of the business plan, remember, that Josh yep. put together, is that once Dan is gone, look at what revenues um, what, what revenue will do. Um, but that would be interesting, because I think a lot of people are interested in what happens on that side of the building as well. Uh, yeah, thank and you. I, I think the one benefit yeah. they have there is they have more infrastructure in place with right. the owners. Mark I knows what he's doing and rebuilding sort of the, the, you know, getting fans back and rejuvenating things. I mean, Sarah, Mitch Rails is a, obviously, a savvy businessman. You know, I think they have more infrastructure there with the owners as well as Harris Blitzer, which is the, you know, the core company that Josh Harris owns with right. David Blitzer. They have folks in place to kind of fill in gaps where needed. All right, I lied. I got one more question for you. They're on the clock at number four, end of April. Quarterback, yes or no? If I'm picking or if they're picking. No, I just you. Well, both. I mean, I think if you have a top five pick and you're not settled on your quarterback, you take a quarterback. I think you keep swinging on quarterback until you find one. That's always been my theory. I, I hate when teams that need a quarterback take, like, a pass rusher at number five like the Broncos did way back when. Um, um, if they're picking, it'll all depend on how they truly feel about Sam and how if it, I, I also wouldn't be surprised if, you know, maybe they think, oh, let's, let's rack up more picks. Let's move back, try to add like a tackle later in the first round and collect more picks and try to really build up this roster. I think at this point nothing would surprise me, but if it's me, I'm taking a quarterback. If you don't know the guy, you just keep taking him. Yeah, and I th- I would bet that the new people coming in, and and that was part of the question too, is what do you think the new people will come in and see in Sam, and will they arrive at the same yeah. conclusion? Right. Yep. Yeah, and I, th- I I think there's a pretty it's there's a pretty good chance they will. Uh, thanks for doing this as always. Great job. Appreciate of it. Of course. Thanks, Hope. Nikki Javala, everybody from the Washington Post. We'll get to some Denton news when we come back. Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980, theteam980.com. We're also free and live on the Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.